Mindfulness Mode, Episode 9. Look at another person and see what they're going through and learn how to detach from it and not take it personally. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. Today we're talking to J.J. Flazanes. She's an empowerment strategist, personal trainer, and host of the Fit to Love podcast show. Last time we talked to Brent Seal. He's an athlete, mountain climber, and mental health advocate. If you know any trainers or personal coaches who want to improve their success level, talk to them about subscribing to Mindfulness Mode podcast. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for the great feedback on iTunes. I want to thank Nancy J. Brooks, OwnYourCreativity.com, FU Money, and I am Mike Murphy. If you think we're a great show, get your own name mentioned on an upcoming episode by leaving an iTunes rating and review. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. It's a genuine pleasure to introduce my guest today, J.J. Flazanes. J.J., are you in mindfulness mode? Absolutely, Bruce. Terrific. J.J. Flazanes is an empowerment strategist and the host of the Fit to Love podcast show. She's an author, a personal trainer, and has appeared on NBC, CBS, Fox 11, and KTLA. She's also the Amazon best-selling author of a book called Fit to Love. J.J., tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're spending most of your time on these days. Tell Mindful Tribe what's happening in your life. What's happening? Well, I'm spending a lot of time on my Fit to Love podcast show. It's a six-day-a-week show. We've got video and audio, everything from Movement Mondays, which is exercise, which and everything else includes cooking and hormones and wellness and alternative medicine and spirituality, law of attraction, astrology, dating, relationships, feminine energy. So we've got it all, everything that makes up a whole person and contributes to your happiness and well-being. That is so exciting. You must be pumped. I am. We recently launched season two, and it's just really exciting to have some of the guests that I've got coming on for season two and some of the topics. We're going to talk about dreams and what the meaning of your dreams are and just some really fun stuff. So I really love my show and what I'm doing. It's free for everybody. And and so it's just really fun. I love, I still work with clients. I still work with people one-on-one. I still lecture and travel to do presentations for corporations and groups, but And while I love meeting people in person, I really do love being able to bring people information and a point of view that they may not have considered that can honestly change their lives. Super. JJ, I'd like to know what inspired you to get involved in mindfulness. What got you started with that? Well, I started out at an early age performing. I was a dancer. My mother put me in dance class when I was three years old. And so I have been on the stage and in front of people since that time. And it's evolved into what kind of information or what it is I'm doing in front of people and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And what I have found through the theme of my entire life has been that the most present that I've ever been and that I strive to be on a daily basis, which we're calling mindfulness these days, but in many different areas of my life from dance to exercise and fitness to psychology to acting, especially on the stage, if you have good acting training or anyone, if you've ever taken an acting class or been interested in the work at all, the best teachers, in my opinion, are the ones that get you to live 
in the day in the life of your character. It's not about watching yourself perform. It's about literally being 100% in that moment and nowhere else. And it's a calm. I mean, I think that's why some people really love performing because you can't be anywhere else. I mean, you can, but the best performance comes organically when you're sort of spiritually connected to and, and focused and present and your mind, your mind and your body are working together in that very moment. And we are calling that mindfulness these days because it's that hot topic. But really, you can see it practiced in so many different areas of life. Right. And so you've basically been a mindful person for almost your whole life then. Well, I learned it. I'm definitely not going to say I lived it because the, the way that we use mindfulness now is to bring people into a greater sense of an awareness of their everything, of their body, of their breath, of their thoughts, of their feelings. We use it now to make us present or to help us become more present in a very busy, noisy time. You know, the the more we age and evolve, the more things we have to deal with and the more things that are coming at us at a at, at lightning speed. And so we have a natural anxiety that's increased because of the speed of information that we now can receive and be connected to so many people all the time and constantly be turned on with all our devices. And and so mindfulness is becoming so important more than it used to be because we're doing it less. And now we need to go back to that in order to find our happiness, our calm, and our connection. Well, you're absolutely right. And I like the way you describe it because it really does describe life the way it is now very, very clearly. And But don't you think that some people are more inclined to being focused and to being just living the moment even as children? Oh, children, I think, can be our greatest teachers. I think... Personally, I'm not a parent yet, but I've always believed, even remembering growing up, that our parents, while they're our guides and our protectors, aren't necessarily our examples of like the best way to do things. And and I believe that children are so much more connected than we are. We're more disconnected, I believe, as we become adults and we worry about what other people think of us and we become self-conscious and we become more preoccupied with our future and what's going to happen next versus children are more in the moment. And they're our greatest teachers. I think children are here to expand us, not the other way around. Well, they really are. They really are. And especially with mindfulness. I totally agree. Do you ever remember a situation when you were a child or a, a young girl where mindfulness would have really helped? Maybe there was an incident or a situation that, that happened. Do you remember anything like that? That's a great question. And uh, I know that there's a lot of times in my life right now where mindfulness can, <laughs> you know, coming into mindfulness can calm me. But I think that there's a, a, a different understanding of what that means when you're younger, you don't, you know, it's that I'm mindful, but I'm not aware that I'm mindful because this is just how I am. Right. And, and definitely certain decisions that we may look back on and think, well, I could have probably handled that better had I been, but it's that learned behavior that we learn from society, from our parents about how to worry or to predict bad things happening or to create stories that don't exist. So I would say probably any time that I got all worked up, and including now, about something that hasn't happened yet that I've created some cockamamie story about that's gotten me all in a knot, 
when it's so the farthest thing from mindful I could think of. You know, I mean, it, it just at all times, anytime you've ever been so anxious or nervous, I mean, the reality of it is it's probably because you've made up a story that doesn't even exist yet. Right. We all do it. We all create stories in our head, don't we? And we, we can believe them very easily. Now, I'm interested in your career as a coach, and you've done so much in the realm of fitness. Have you ever worked with someone that you just felt, oh, if I could just get the idea of mindfulness across to you. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, every day <laughs> and especially yesterday <laughs> with a client who I've been working with for a long time. And, you know, everyone is at a different place on their journey and on their path. And it isn't a teacher or coach's job, I believe, to pull them at a pace that they're not ready for. It's about meeting them where they are and being able to work with them in a language that they can understand where they are. It's always great to have the idea of what's possible for people because you you hold that light for them so that they know that someone believes in their greatness and in their fullness and their wholeness. But Sometimes coaches and teachers and trainers, I used to do this, get caught up in what it means for them and how the client or the person isn't moving fast enough or producing the results fast enough for you. And, and it's a really great lesson as a, as a healer, coach, trainer, teacher. So I would say yesterday after many years of working with a client, like I've, we've been able to really scale recently some big ideas and get into. And I finally said after years and years and years that I think it's time. <laughs> I think you're ready after seven years. I think you're ready for some, some kind of meditation or yoga class that focuses on your breath really because the way that people deal with their lives, you have the choice of being proactive or reactive. And the problem with being reactive only is that you put yourself in a victim position. And energetically, you're not actually able to attract anything better than that because you're sort of expecting everything to kind of go wrong or what, what do I have to clean up today? What fire do I have to put out? And so sort of when you people get tired of that, I think that's when, and for the clients that I work with, definitely, I always try to bring them closer and closer and closer to understanding that they have the power through mindfulness, through meditation, through visualization, through connecting with themselves and their higher selves to attract a different outcome in their lives and feel more powerful and more empowered about how they handle their lives. So they're not just obviously reacting all the time to everything else that's going on around them. Right. Right. Well, JJ, you produce an audio and video podcast. I'm not sure how you do all this. I just want to know if you will share with us here at Mindful Tribe what it's like to create those shows. How do you put that all together and still keep your sanity? <laughs> well, when I first started podcasting, it was honestly the answer to a very large question that I had been carrying for a long time. And that was, how do I produce information that I think is valuable and important to the people that I work with and the people who are looking for change in their lives. How can I deliver this in a way that serves me at my highest and best use and also is a way that people are looking for and enjoy receiving? Most entrepreneurs, well, I shouldn't speak for all entrepreneurs, but I believe that I've heard a lot of people say to entrepreneurs, it's a should kind of thing, mm -hmm. that you should be blogging. And I battled that for a long time. While I've written several books, I and I like writing, writing is not 
my passion. I believe that people who write, like who are just pristine writers and love writing and get a cathartic release from writing are the people who don't like speaking or necessarily like performing or being in front of an audience. It's almost an introvert versus an extrovert kind of thing where your outlet is a safe and creative space where you can write. Well, I like writing, but I prefer speaking and I prefer performing and I prefer educating and teaching and being with people or using my voice and my facial expressions and my hand movements and my gestures. And that's why I went into entertainment. So podcasting became the way to deliver this information. And quite honestly, and I know you've watched my about JJ and the Fitch Love podcast show video, which is actually published now on season two as well. And really, it was a download. I got an energetic download when I was in a mindful place of the lineup. It was Movement Mondays, Tasty Tuesdays, Wellness Wednesdays, Thoughtful Thursdays, and Freedom Fridays. And I just it just came to me in an instant. And from there, my husband added Sexy Saturdays. Because he said, well, you got to have sexy Saturdays. And I thought, okay. And and it just became this creative outlet for me to publish and produce information, interview guests like yourself and others in different areas of expertise that I believe contribute to a person's overall ha- happiness and well-being. Sure. And it is creative. It's just awesome. Your show is terrific. In your world of contacts and connections, JJ, where do you see mindfulness being used? I see mindfulness because of the evolution, like I described earlier in our culture, you know, people look at what goes on today, let's say, you know, grandparents or people who have lived 80 years, let's say 80 decades, and they look at what's going on right now in our world, and they'll focus on the negative stuff. Oh, this is not going to work out. And this is how bad this is. And this, that, and the other thing, and you'll hear the complaints. Yet, I've explained to some of these older, wonderful, wise people that, My perspective and my teachings from what I've learned is that we evolve based on the needs and desires of each generation. So whatever the problem of our generation is, the next generation is going to solve it. And so so there's always an up and a downside or a shadow and a light side of every problem and solution. But it's necessary for all of our expansion and growth. And it's just the evolution of our being. I mean, think back to we are in a time where we don't have to worry that much about abundance, about paying our bills. Now, there are some people, obviously, us entrepreneurs, we're a different breed. But, you know, there are jobs out there. And the majority of people, we're not we're not at an active war. We can get food on our table. We can get help. But back in you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, during times where survival was the number one thing, that's all they could focus on. We have the luxury now of focusing on how we feel. And mindfulness is now front and center because back then people weren't asking that question. There wasn't space or time to focus on your thoughts, your feelings. You had to worry about surviving with the Great Depression, with, you know, women going, not working and then going into work. It just, it's now at such a peak time that I think mindfulness is in our awareness for a reason, for the reason of that what's the negative that comes from this great ability to connect with the world at lightning speed. Well, the, the, the benefit of that is the connection, the information and, and the speed. But the downside is that a lot of us are overwhelmed, bombarded. We've got adrenal fatigue. We are trying to do too much that biochemically and bio, just you know, biology-wise we can't handle. And so people are wondering why they're depressed, why they're anxious, why their addictions are off the charts because they don't understand. And so now 
because we have this great ability to connect and get information, we also have a higher level of anxiety and higher level of depression and higher level of overwhelm and higher level of adrenal fatigue and health problems that can be prevented. So mindfulness is coming to the rescue to say, this is now necessary. Right, it really is. And I'm, I'm really glad that you've mentioned that because so many are feeling overwhelmed. And some of us, we understand mindfulness. We understand what we need to be doing. We understand why we're experiencing anxiety. But can you share with Mindful Tribe how we can get disciplined to make sure that's not happening, to be living a life so that we have enough discipline that mindfulness is there and we are calm and happy and relaxed? Well, I think the first step is obviously the awareness and the desire for something to change. And quite honestly, I think that everyone's path is going to lead them there at a different point. People, addictions and, and contrast, so to speak, whether it be a disease or a car accident, sometimes we are so stubborn that we have to have that kind of big event to really call our attention to making a change. Because I've heard it said from lots of people that we are creatures that don't like to change. So if we're, if we don't have another, if we don't have a reason to change, if we don't have something that has really stepped in and said, look, you have a, a make it or break it decision to make here, a life or death decision, you have to make some changes. It, it takes something like that sometimes to really make that shift or for some people, not for other people who are aware of it. For me, I keep making little shifts all the time and sometimes I make big shifts because I try to get deeper and deeper and further, further into practicing what I believe, which is that, which is basically law of attraction and has to do with being mindful and being present and being connected. And so I think spirituality is, is a huge factor in that. So for people who are just starting out, if they're listening to your show, obviously they are interested in mindfulness because they clicked on and they're listening and that's awesome. So if you're that person, you've just started considering mindfulness and what that means to you. And maybe it doesn't connect completely because sometimes that word can be kind of like, well, what does that mean really? Exactly. <laughs> um, f find a word that works for you, whether it be calm or ease or flow or connection or tapping in or decompressing, whatever word works for you. And then start to notice your behavior. Start to watch yourself in a curious way and ask yourself some questions. Why did I do that? Why did I just say that? Why do I feel this way? I think curiosity in that questioned way versus a judgmental way. I mean, rather than judging yourself and saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that or that was bad or why did I do that? You know, take a curiosity into your, beha into your behavior, into your feelings, and that in itself will uncover and have you start to be more mindful of, of why your life is what it is right now or why you feel the way you feel. And I really just think that curiosity will bring some consciousness. Right. That's really great advice. Really great. Now, I want to ask you about bullying. I've worked in the field of bullying for quite some time. And I want to know your opinion about how mindfulness can help with adult bullying or even bullying that happens with children. You and I have talked about this before. Right. And I'm going to add in, I believe, some work that you also are familiar with and like, which is Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent yes. communication. Yes. And while I'm a big fan of that work, and it took me a long time to even read it or be involved in it because of the title. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you just checked out because you're like, I don't, that doesn't interest me, uh, <laughs> then stay tuned, connect with me because I am writing another book that's similar using the, that work because I also believe that the title 
takes a lot of people out and they go, well, I don't consider myself a violent communicator. I'm not going to read that book. But the principles of violent communication, nonviolent communication is really uncovering the emotions and what need is not being met. And so when it comes to bullying, there are, there's what I consider the popular point of view, which is that uh, my child was being bullied by your child and I need to tell your child to stop. And and that this is my interpretation, so correct me if you have a different one. But the problem I see in that is we take a victim stance of that there's there's always going to be someone in some way who's going to want to threaten you potentially or make you feel small because they're insecure. And it's not really the root of the problem to try to tell others to change. The only person you have control over is yourself. So number one, if we're talking about bullying, I would ask the parents, what's going on with you that you're not setting an example for your child to know how to stick up for themselves or to not be influenced by someone else's words. Marshall Rosenberg says at the beginning of his book and his audio series, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's a, it's a saying that we all learn when we're children, but we forget as adults. And all of a sudden we start yelling at other people and trying to manipulate them into behaving differently so that we feel better. And the reality of, it, of that is that's a victim position. The only person you can ever control is yourself. And I don't mean control like hold back your emotions. It's interpretation of, of the situation. It's getting your own needs met and figuring out what your feelings are and being able to stand up for yourself and be, being able to speak out and being able to allow somebody to go through their process and not take it personally. So I think there's a lot of lessons and opportunities to really teach a child that uh, how to A, speak up for themselves, how to ask for what they need and how to look at another person and see what they're going through and learn how to detach from it and not take it personally. So that way they don't give their power away so fast. I think bullying sometimes it allow it teaches us or we're teaching kids that all of a sudden if someone's mean to you, you've given them all the power. And I think that's going to backfire as adults. Oh, I agree. And I really like your opinion and, and agree with you on your opinion about the victim stance. It's very important that we understand that and are aware of that and do not set ourselves up to be victims, that we don't see ourselves that way, that we see ourselves as an empowered individual. JJ, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would say Michael Singer and his book, Untethered Soul. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, JJ? Mindfulness has allowed me and given me permission to feel my feelings and combined with nonviolent communication, strategize the truth behind them. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice. The best way for me to get back into my body is to focus on my breath, but not just in a breathing way, but by actually taking a very deep, slow, long inhalation and then pausing and holding it at the top for about three to five seconds and then slowly releasing that. And that brings all my uh, nervous system and energy down to a slower pace. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, I know you've mentioned one, what would it be? It would be Michael Singer's right. Untethered okay, Soul for sure. sure. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? The Deepak and Oprah Meditation I think is a great app. And when they do their free 21-day series, I've done that. I also have an app. It's a Fit to Love app. And on that app is a 
series of meditation music and they're about mm, anywhere from five to ten minutes. So something like that, you could meditate to that and I think those are a great way to take a little break in between and do a state change in between whatever you're doing and take ten minutes to just quiet and listen to some very slow, relaxing music and focus on your breath. Perfect. What advice would you give a person who is new to mindfulness and they want to implement it into their life? Start with what feels good to you. How I always tell people when I'm lecturing or speaking about, let's say, making food or fitness or different changes in their life, find where you need it the most and where you're willing to do something different. But it has to be in your mind when you think about the solution or let's say – if it's – I had a client once said, I don't want to eat breakfast. I said, great. Then what will you do? And she said, I'll have a glass of orange juice. I said, okay. So that was – because that felt good to her. She felt positive emotions. She felt like, oh, I can do that. So whatever it is that you are trying to decide on doing, make sure that when you say it to yourself that you feel good about it and that you say, I can do that. If it feels hard, if it feels like too much, you're not going to do it. So trust your gut. Trust your emotions and find something that feels good when you think about it. JJ, you've given us some amazing advice today. It's been just fantastic. Tell us how we at Mindful Tribe can contact you and learn more about what you do. Well, I would say if you're on iTunes, you could find the Fit to Love podcast show on iTunes. There's three versions. The full version, which is Fit to Love, Physical, Emotional, and Spiritual Fitness for the Happy Life You Deserve. That's the big, long title. That is the full show, six days a week, video and audio, and we're in season two. Now, if you're, I wasn't a podcaster when I started my show, so I had to learn the hard way that not all people who want to listen to audios want to download video. So I've made two more versions of video only and an audio only, and those are also both on iTunes. And if you don't want to download it all, Come on over to the website. You can stream it live and not have to download a thing. And that's fit2love.tv, F-I-T, the number two, L-O-V-E, dot TV. JJ, it's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today. And I'm certainly inspired by all you do, your energy, your successes. And I just want to say thank you so much, JJ, for joining us. Thank you, Bruce, for your show, for your work, for your passion, and for this topic. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.